morning everyone and a very warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. As always, a special word of welcome to our family and friends joining us from across the country and around the world. Our service this morning will be led by our minister Katrina and we'll also hear the voices of Grace, Esan, Sylvia and Dr Beth. And our musicians this morning are Paul and Yang Yang. In a moment or two, Nikan and Nikiar and their family will be lighting our candle and we are invited to light a candle of our own if we would like to do so. Then at 7pm, our joint evening service will be led by the Reverend Roger Stark. Then just a wee reminder for parents of uh, our Sunday school people that Emma and Bethany are asking for your help with the planning of the Sunday school end of year service. It's going to be based around the Bible Detectives series of lessons that you did earlier in the year. And we'd like to teach the rest of the church how to be a Bible detective so that they can join the squad. So we'd like you to film a short video of yourself in your detective outfit, either your hat or your badge, or maybe looking through your spyglass at something that you found. And it can be just short, maybe just five seconds is all we need, but we'd love to see your face on screen for the end of your service. And then if parents have got time, we'd like you to do a second little video of you reading your favorite Bible verse. And Bethany and Emma have suggested some verses you might want to have a look at if you're having trouble choosing your favorite. But the most important thing is that you try and do it this week um, so that Bethany has a chance to edit your videos in time for the 27th of June. Then just a couple of pieces of family news. Um, we're sorry to hear that Morag had a bad fall last week and is now recovering at home. So please remember Morag and Joyce in your prayers. And then some wonderful news. Um, Leo has been awarded a first class honours degree in computer science from Glasgow University. Many congratulations. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And it's just brilliant to see all that hard work rewarded, Leo. Well done. Next Sunday morning, Katrina will lead our morning service. And in the evening, Brian will lead our midsummer communion, drawing on some of the music from past years. 
But now it's over to Nikan and Nikiar to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Thank you so much. And as we gather to worship, we listen to some words from the first letter by the Apostle Peter. All of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse. On the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For as the psalmist wrote, those who desire life and desire to seek good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer.
some of you at least know, one of the variety of things I do as Minister of Hillhead Baptist Church is I'm on the rotor to lead morning prayer at the University Chapel. And like many of these institutions, there is a daily liturgy that is followed. And the one they use is based on something from the Iona community, which seems quite an appropriate thing to use as a way into our prayers of approach this morning. The world belongs to God, the earth and all its people. How good it is, how wonderful to live together in harmony. Love and faith come together. Justice and peace join hands. Open our lips, O God, and our mouths shall proclaim your praise. Creating God, all the world belongs to you. Indeed, the entire universe is yours. Spoken into being, set free to flourish, sustained by your sacrificial love. Triune God, community in diversity. It would be so wonderful if humanity might learn how to live in reconciled diversity. And yet, sin, greed, and finitude perpetuate animosity. Dependable, loving God, worthy of all praise. As we try to express our worship, words fail us and we become increasingly aware of our shortcomings. Teach us how to speak truth, justice and love into homes, communities, nations, indeed, into a world where justice, peace and reconciliation offer the hope for all creation. May we who sing our praises, speak our prayers, listen for your word and live out the hope we have in our everyday lives. Amen. We continue together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, 
Ezekiel 17, 22 to 23. This is what the Lord God says. I will take a branch from a tall cedar tree. I will take a small branch from the top of the tree, and I myself will plant it on a very high mountain. I myself will plant it on a high mountain in Israel. The branch will grow into a tree. It will grow branches and make fruit and become a beautiful cedar tree. Many birds will sit on its branches and live in the shadows under its branches. I'm reading Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a man who plants seed in the ground. The seed begins to grow. It grows night and day. It doesn't matter whether the man is sleeping or awake. The seed is still grows. He doesn't know how it happens. Without any help, the ground produces grain. First, the plant grows, then the head, and then all the grain in the head. When the grain is ready, the man cut it. This is the harvest time. Then Jesus said, What can I use to show you what God's kingdom is like? What story can, can I use to explain it? God's kingdom is like a mustard seed, which is smaller than any other seed on earth that you can plant. But when you plant it, it grows and becomes the largest of all the plants in your garden. It has branches that are very big. The wild bears can come and make nets there and be protected from the sun. Jesus used many stories like this to teach people. He taught them all they could understand. He, al he always used the story to teach them, but when he was alone with his followers, Jesus explained everything to them.
So I'm sure you all remember that we are doing a shortish series under the broad heading of church and society. And uh, one of the challenges I set myself was to come up with some ideas and then see what the lectionary readings were afterwards uh, and try and form some connections. And it, it is a good challenge, but it does stop me falling into the trap of just preaching on the things I want to preach, saying the things perhaps that I always say in the way that I always say them. And so today, our broad theme is peace and reconciliation. So we look at the news or we check the news on our phones or we read the newspapers and what do we see? Vaccine inequality, food, fuel and period poverty, racism and racial injustice and even uncertainty about how might be an appropriate response for footballers to make homophobia, transphobia, gender injustice, religious bigotry, intolerance, tax evasion, tax avoidance, political corruption, climate chaos, strained and broken relationships, violence of every kind. And probably all of those on any one day, because ours is a disordered world. A world in which peace and justice and reconciliation, well, perhaps they seem a bit like wishful thinking nice but impossible to attain and it would take a lifetime of sermons to respond to the topics I've listed never mind all the ones that didn't even cross my mind there is a danger that it all becomes overwhelming that we just feel inadequate and frustrated and because we feel inadequate and frustrated there's a risk that we end up doing nothing and praying nothing because we don't know what to do. So it's interesting then that the lectionary readings for today are very much about growth, about small things and large things. Jesus said that God's kingdom is like a person who planted some seeds. And the thing with planting seeds, as we all know, is they don't grow overnight. It takes a long time. And there's no guarantees that it will even happen. And so the person who plants the seeds waits and they come back and they check and they water and they maybe add some fertilizer or some plant food or whatever, but they have to wait patiently. And eventually that little shoot, that little green shoot appears. And it's at risk. It could get eaten by slugs. It could get trampled on by a passerby. But the person waits and waits. And with favourable conditions, that shoot grows into, in this case, an ear, a stalk of a wheat plant or a cereal crop in the image that Jesus uses. But still you have to wait. You have to wait and see that the rains fall and the sun shines, and then eventually, eventually there is the grain, and the harvest becomes possible. And so it's harvested, and, and the potential is there for a new season of planting and growing and seed-bearing. We dream, don't we, of a renewed or new creation in which justice and peace are the norm, the everyday. 
we dream of something beautiful and life-giving. But it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't necessarily happen in our lifetime. It is a long, long process. But it's only possible if we're willing to take the risk of planting some seeds of hope. I was very struck the other week when Tamara was talking to us about Luther. And Luther said, if it was all going to end tomorrow, I would still plant my apple tree. Some people say Luther didn't say that, but actually it doesn't matter whether it was Luther or somebody else. It's a wonderful image to hold on to. This image of hope and determination and trust that there is something good and fruitful and hopeful. We might not be planting apple trees, but the scriptures give us two images of trees. One of these trees is a cedar tree. One of these trees, well, is it a tree? Is it a bush? Is it a shrub? Is it a plant? Is it a weed? But it's small and it is the mustard that is referred to in the Gospel of Mark. Two different images, two ways in which we might imagine this kingdom for which we pray. This kingdom of justice and peace that takes time to grow. So let's start with the cedar tree. In the Ezekiel story, there's a kind of imagination of a branch being plucked from the top of a cedar tree. A cedar tree is probably about 30 to 40 metres tall, huge, evergreen tree. And this branch, this twig, is carried far away to the top of a mountain and transplanted. And here it grows into a beautiful, tall tree, an evergreen tree, always in leaf. A fragrant tree. The oil of the cedar was very much valued in ancient times. It was recognised as having healing properties. It was recognised as something that could be used in embalming, especially in Egypt. And the wood is hugely fragrant. I was reading up about cedar trees this week, and apparently when they were first brought to the UK, one of the things that they were used for was making the mothballs that people put in their cupboards to preserve their clothes, to scare off or do whatever they do to the moths. It's a natural insect repellent. It's beautiful. It's valuable. And it can provide a safe home for all sorts of different species. Obviously, there are insects and mini beasts that live in the tree, but also bats and a variety of birds, including owls, can find a home in the cedar tree. For people living in exile, people with memories of slavery in Egypt and exile in Babylon, this is a powerful image of hope. But it's also an image of what, how God imagines Israel might become. Not just beautiful, not just strong, 
but a place of sanctuary, a place of restoration. Yes, Israel could become a powerful nation, a strong nation, but one whose characteristics are peace and justice. A place in which diverse people groups find shelter and acceptance, learn to live alongside each other without the need to compete or compare. It is a very beautiful image and there is much to draw us to it. But one of the things that has really struck me this week as I've looked at it and read about it and listened to a couple of podcasts is actually it is an image rooted in the idea of empire, of a strong centralised structure, of power from above or power over. It is an image of Israel as a nation ruled over by a powerful king. Oh yes, this is a, a perfect king, a just king, a generous and kind and caring king. But even as Ezekiel shared this image and this vision, it was an impossible dream. Read Chronicles and Kings. And there is account after account of kings who failed, who got it wrong. And even the good ones were imperfect. And by the time Jesus walked the earth, Israel and Judah had become divided. And now they were once again, well, perhaps they saw themselves as an exile. They were ruled by a Gentile king, by Caesar. And Israel, well, it was an irritating little bit of a big empire. And so the people dreamed of a day that Messiah would come. A charismatic leader, a powerful, strong leader, a determined king who would overthrow the Roman Empire and liberate Israel to return to its own glory days. In other words, a new king in an old model. So are we actually trying to grow a cedar tree? Is this the image that we imagine when we think about peace and justice and reconciliation? Given the long history of the cedar tree image, and its significance to how Israel understood itself. When Jesus told a story about a mustard plant or a mustard bush, it must have seemed utterly ridiculous. Maybe he was telling them a joke. Certainly some commentators see a jokiness in this image because the seed is not the smallest seed on the earth. And as for the plant, well, it's certainly not beautiful. And it's certainly not tall, and it's certainly not particularly strong. You can almost imagine the devout listeners hearing the story and going, you cannot be serious. Or, and I still can't do the accent after nearly 12 years, I write. Or whatever the first century Aramaic equivalent of these sayings was. 
because the mustard plant or bush or shrub is about as different from a cedar tree as possible. It maybe grows a metre to a metre and a half tall. It's not beautiful. It looks misshapen or scruffy or scrubby. We're not quite sure which plant it was, and this is one of the plants that people think it may have been. It could have been the plant that nowadays is known as the toothbrush tree because its twigs are useful as toothbrushes. And certainly it does have some antiseptic properties. It is in some sense a plant with potential for healing. Whilst we're not absolutely sure that this is the plant that Jesus was talking about, we do know that the Roman writer Pliny wrote about the mustard plants, mustard bush. He's saying it was wild, it's uncontrollable, and once you've got it, you really struggle to get rid of it because it germinates quickly, and as soon as the seeds fall, they grow again. Now, if you were a devout Jew, this image is really problematic because you would have grown up knowing that within a field, you mustn't mix two different kinds of plants. Leviticus 19, 19, for those who want a scripture record. So the idea that you might put an uncontrollable mustard bush in your garden is ridiculous. In fact, it's terrible, it's abhorrent. It's not a respectable plant. It's a wild, uncontrollable, untamable plant. But what Jesus does, which is shocking, is he says, this plant, this weed, if you like, actually has the same potential as that beautiful cedar tree. Because the wild birds may come and make their nests in this bush. In other words, that beautiful tall cedar tree is supplanted by a scrappy little bush. You're having a laugh, aren't you, Jesus? Oh, maybe you're not. This scrappy little plant spreads through the garden and transforms it. It's a bit like another story Jesus told about a woman taking some yeast and working it through the dough. And in fact, another one, he talked about the yeast of the Pharisees, the yeast that is destructive, that works through in the same way. It's a fascinating image, isn't it? This uncontrollable wild tree that's a bush that sows its seeds and, and it transforms the place in which it finds itself. And I find lots of questions and wonderings coming to mind as I think about these images. I wonder what we do with this ridiculous idea that what God imagined is less like a beautiful tall cedar tree and more like a scruffy little mustard plant, less like a well-ordered system less like a ruler or a parliament or a government and more like a chaotic, organic grassroots movement. I wonder what we think might happen if we could take our seeds of hope 
the gospel of good news, the hope that sustains us, and take it to places where convention says we shouldn't. In which gardens we might sow that seed. Risking the possibility that purity and impurity become mixed together and create something new and wonderful. I wonder how we rediscover that mystery of waiting, allowing seeds to germinate, waiting for shoots to emerge and then carefully nurturing them and letting the plants flourish with or without our help, I guess, in the good earth of God's being. Very different from the instant everything that seems to characterise our modern scientific digital society. I wonder how as individuals and as a community of God's people across the world, it's interesting how this pandemic has allowed the little mustard seeds of Hillhead to spread across the world. How might we join in with God's organic transformation to grow a harvest of justice and peace and reconciliation for all people, indeed, for all creation? And as I wonder all these wonderings, I wonder how this might transform the way we live day by day, the little things that we might do or not do. And I wonder how it might transform our own prayers for peace. Amen.
The first bit of our prayers for others and for ourselves today is taken from daily prayers with the Corimula community. God of all humanity, in times of violence, we see how inhuman we can be. We pray for those who today are weighed down by grief. We pray for those who yesterday were weighed down by grief and the day before and all the days before the day before. We pray too for those who help us turn towards justice and peace. Turn us all towards justice and peace because we need it. Amen. Loving God, help us build justice, peace and reconciliation in ourselves, our homes and our places of work and leisure. We bring before you countries direct, involved directly and indirectly in the armed conflict that is currently playing out in Yemen, Afghanistan, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Sudan, Syria, Myanmar, Somalia, the Maghreb, Iraq, the DRC and Mali, among so many other places on large and small scales. Lord, have mercy. Grant peace and healing, wise leadership and accountability. As the G7 talks progress, we pray for wisdom to prevail, kindness and accountability to influence words and decisions. We pray for decisions that play out into an increase in justice and peace around the world. We remember the places where, however difficult our year in the, UB in the UK has been, it is just unfathomable to consider what is going on, particularly with COVID and war at present. We pray for the Scottish and Westminster governments, for all those working in, within the healthcare system here and in other places, for all our key workers. Within our own congregation, we think specifically of the developments back in steering groups and of Paul and Helena, Lily, Clifford, Katrina G, Jean and Walter, Paul, Rico, Leo and Ailey, Katrina H and Ben and Rachel. We join together with the rest of the Baptist Union of Scotland this week, holding in prayer the Finance Director, Peter Dick, Easter House Baptist Church, Elgin Baptist Church, and Ellen Baptist Church. The BMS prayer diary this week asks us to remember those with disabilities, reminding that in doing so, we remember roughly 15% of the world's population. We pray that all those with disabilities, they know their inherent worth as human beings is no less for their disabilities. We pray for support for them, stretched by COVID-19 here, but in many places already completely lacking. We think particularly of those working with BMS in Chad, Thailand and Nepal to bring care to those with disabilities and to stand firm against the stigmatization they face. Loving God, Help us this week to work towards a world that is more just and more peaceful in our prayers, our actions and our words. Amen.
of justice, peace and reconciliation. God of endless forgiveness and countless second chances. Send us from here with renewed courage to seek peace and to pursue it. Show us where and how we may sow seeds of hope. Where we may rejoice in the harvest of renewed flourishing. And surround us with your love and strengthen us with your peace today and always. Amen.